Welcome to the M Word Podcast, where today's leaders share the keys to their success and the tough lessons and mistakes they made along the way in our uncensored conversations on marketing and more. I'm your host, Jennifer Mulchandani, and you are listening to the M Word Podcast presented by Arlington Strategy. This special two-part episode of The M Word takes a unique turn with a group discussion on the Barbie movie. Past podcast guests Karen Bate, Cheryl Fisher, and Whitney Kernodal join me in a lively discussion recorded in my home following a movie screening. Listen in as we explore the intricacies of the Barbie movie, delving into diverse topics ranging from societal expectations and gender norms to personal experiences with self-image, relationships, and the wisdom that comes with age. And if you've seen the movie, let us know what you think by leaving a comment on our social media. Enjoy part one of this very special episode of The M Word. All right, welcome to a special episode of The M Word, and I'm here with Whitney Kernodal, Karen Bate, and Cheryl Fisher after a very special screening of the Barbie movie. Uh, only, only Whitney hasn't seen it before, is that right? Yes, actually, yes. This was my first time. Okay, instant reaction, first reaction. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, intense. Um, I, because it's been out for so long, I had heard about it, I'd read about it, so it wasn't new to me, but I was still really very much emotionally engaged and um, it was powerful. It was powerful. I saw a couple of tears at the end for Absolutely. you. Like what did, what did that to you? I think that just the, for me, it was the concept, not just of the female empowerment piece, because that's what people talk about with the movie, but it's more the concept of the juxtaposition between female empowerment or just femaleness and how that plays a, a part or role in maleness. And that's, those concepts were really, that hit me hard as a mother of, of male children. And I don't think I was also ready for the mother-daughter part because, again, as someone who has male children, um, I didn't realize how much of it would remind me of my relationship of my own mother as a daughter, right? Wow. Because yeah. so, as someone who has been mothering for 18 years, I'm constantly thinking about my mothering, but I don't necessarily have the time to reflect on the daughtering that I do, and it reminded me of that. So it was those things that really... Um, came to that those were wow yeah well Cheryl how many times have you seen the movie this was my second time and actually as you're saying that the first time I saw it was my daughter making me go with her to see it and so everything you're just saying I'm thinking oh my goodness I think I raised a daughter who is really empowered and she basically forced me to go and see it because I thought it was going to be silly and that's like resonating with me really hard right now. So I appreciate everything you said. Yeah. Well, and Karen, what about you? You're a mom of three girls, right? I am. And I saw it just, I didn't, never got to see it in the theater. I just saw it a month ago with my oldest daughter. She came over and made us sit down and watch it with her. Same thing. Cause she texted me from the movie theater and said, this movie is so amazing. I'm sobbing at the end. And she was just so 
inspired by the women empowerment message. And again, we're all, we all have men in our lives. We all live with men, fall in love with men, marry men, or have sons or brothers or fathers. And that whole piece, which is kind of subtle, and I got it more the second time around about what, how the women's empowerment transformed the men in a way and made yes. them kind of get it. So I got it the second time more too, that it's not about all the women have to be in charge or all the men have to be in charge and one's right and one's wrong. It, it needs to be more balanced than that or something. And that's a message I got this time more than the first time too. So I would agree with you. I just have to say too, and this is kind of crazy, but it's just like every other conflict in the world. And oh, we've got a big gosh. one going on right yes. now where there's people with a lot of Absolutely. passionate viewpoints and points of view. And we are all human. We, are, we all want to, be, to have agency over ourselves. And if we could all just figure that out somehow as human beings, and the women and men thing has been for the ages and this current horrible situation in the Middle East is just kind of the same thing, but on a different level, but we're all human. But can I say like, this is the second time I saw it. And what I saw this time and it bugged me was this whole, like, you know, I'm, I'm enough that it was the Ken's like, I'm enough, I'm enough. And I wondered, like, I felt like it's sort of mocking, you know, how, like, and here we are, a group of women, we've all met each other through a lot of, wi- like, strong women business groups, Absolutely. and we get together and we, we lift each other up, and it felt almost this mocking, like, you know, like, I'm good enough, like, rah, rah, and that was, it did, I didn't see that the first time, but this time it sort of irked me, it was like poking fun at the Kens saying that they were good enough, like, in a mocking kind of way. So I... I sort of have an issue with the whole I am enough thing. And I'm I'm going to struggle to put this into words. I feel on my own podcast like this is an episode coming. <laughs> but Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I don't, I've never really loved the I am enough saying. I, enough feels like. Basic. Low. Low. That's yeah. so male. Sorry. Like the minimum. Oh, that's my, that right? is the issue and with hyper masculinity. However, I think that what Greta Gerwig was saying with that, all the guys going, I am enough, men have always had such a lower bar than women. You could be any idiot and do well, and everyone accepts you for being the fabulous expert that you are. Yes. Whereas, as the mom character portrayed, you, the, we, women have to constantly prove themselves. You could be a law school graduate of Harvard and the partner in a Got law it, firm, yeah. and you're still being doubted and challenged. And men can be da- basically a BA from college, and they consider themselves an expert on everything. And in the media, they're portrayed that way. Right. I think that's what that was about. A lot of it's ourselves, isn't it? I'm sorry, you go ahead. So, so it's really interesting, again, only having male children and being also a woman of color as a black American woman, because it was like, oh, I'm a white, beautiful blonde man, and I can come here and do anything. And the, oh, but I can't, but I don't understand. And there is a concept of the shift of power. And I do think that the movie really delved into that, where wherever the power may be, 
in Barbie world, it was a female-centered power. In the real world, I don't know whether you realized it, ladies, but there is a patriarchy, and it, <laughs> it exists. And guess what? It is trying hard not to crumble. But in terms of that, one of the problems with sexism, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg talked about that a lot, She, what she did is she uh, had her career was made on showing how sexism in the law actually made life worse worse for men. So for instance, one of the first cases that she did was about how a man, a, a, a widower who wasn't afforded the same rights under the laws when his wife had died serving the country as women get when their husbands die. Mm. Right? So what she did is show men how sexism actually doesn't work for them. And that's how she started her career, and that's how she, like, that was when she was Mm -hmm. young. That was the baseline of the type of work that she did because she recognized that the people in control, like, for instance, now in the world that we're living in, it's really, uh, I was just listening to um, an author yesterday in uh, Wesley, oh my gosh, what's his last name? I won't, but, but his book, White Lash, and he's talking about the fact that white people are saying in as much as people of color in this country, I am ostracized based on my race. Like it is hard for me as a white person because for the first time, a lot of white people have to actually think about race and particularly white people who may not be Jewish or othered in other ways. You know, it, there's a complexity about gender that because it's, a, it's, it's complex with gender because, you know, Jewish people tend to live with Jewish people. Black people tend to live with black people. Women and men live together. So it's a different concept of identity when it's gender because you're still living together as family in a way that the other identities tend to sort of group a little bit more, which again, and a whole other thing, but but the the frustration and the issue is for, oh gosh, now I've been drinking too much, so now I'm forgetting what you we were talking about. Uh-oh. Cut that. Bring us back, Jen. We don't cut anything. It's uncensored. So, the, but the, the, I think the point we were trying to get at is that the Barbie, um, Greta Gerwig is so brilliant and she brings up all of these challenging issues and she doesn't just bash the men. It's, it is about female empowerment. It is about how the real world is full of patriarchy, but the solution is not to do what to men, what men have done to women. It's to find a way for us to be equal. So let me ask a, a whole different sort of perspective here is, Okay, so if you can remember back before you saw the movie or before you even heard about the movie, do you remember, like, what was your view of, if if I said, like, what do you think of Barbie? Like, are you, you like, what, what, where'd you land? Cheryl? Okay. So I definitely played with Barbies when I was a kid. I loved Barbies. I loved the whole Nirvana lifestyle, live in the house. Everything was cute. But I also got that, Nobody really looks like that. And so then there was guilt. Should I love Barbies? Should I play with Barbies? Is that like bad as a woman to like Barbies? There's this weird mix as you grow up if you were a Barbie fan. And when I did not yet see the movie, my opinion was that's got to be ridiculous. It's got to be stupid. I can't imagine it would be worth my time. And I wasn't planning to go. So that was my initial thought. So I, I actually am similar. Like I remember having Barbies as a girl, but like I was like, oh God, it's going to be some justifying why there's this like unattainable body type physique. Right. 
of Barbie and the measurements you could, couldn't even stand up or whatever. Right. <laughs> and, and like literally knowing nothing about anything about the history, my if you would have like pulled me, like my opinion poll, I would have been like that evil Mattel. But can I tell you, like in in preparation for this conversation, I went and I was like, I wonder when the first working and I'm not talking street working but working Barbie professional Barbie and it was in the 60s was the first professional Barbie and so I I, I have no a sex list worker Barbie in the no, 60s. there was no sex worker Barbie um <laughs> that I could actually uh, with a briefcase worker you're saying. right like prof- it was the woman an, empl- was an, an, amazing. an employed yes. Barbie and <laughs> and when I look at the history of Mattel's sort of, and they had other characters, so Barbie's friends, like the first, the first woman of color was actually not called Barbie. There crystal. was, yeah, Crystal. Um, that was my first and, one. But later they they were really, and later being the '80s, releasing Barbies of all different origins called Barbie. Um, most recently releasing Barbies with the dif- different disabilities or able-bodiedness, um, different gender identities, all that kind of stuff. When I put the list together, I was like, and you know, the astronaut Barbie that Mattel put out predates the first time we actually had a woman in space. Like, and I was like, okay, so my, my entire view of Mattel was based on body type, right? Like yes. whatever is it? Well, like, I don't even know what, what Barbie's measurements were, that's but like, what that's are. what I harped on in my mind. And I was so like, this is like, who would support a Barbie movie? Cause I, that was the only thing I knew about. And yes, how closed minded yeah. was I? And now I'm like, actually, I feel like Barbie was sort of a little bit ahead of the social times in terms of releasing these dolls, dolls. So, I feel like you're saying that maybe we were made to feel guilty when we shouldn't have been. Are you saying that? I'm saying the only the no the criticism supposed to be guilty. Yeah. Well, we're women, yeah, like in the movie. Yeah, but I'm saying like the the you know my lack of paying attention, like the only sort of. Um, social commentary around Barbie that I, that bubbled up to my consciousness as an adult, mind you, mother of three boys, like very little interest in dolls in our house ex- except when they were very little. So I didn't have that much ongoing exposure. But my limited knowledge was all about the physique and this like beautiful, the beautiful blonde white woman, and how like that is the standard of what little girls are supposed to attain, and that pissed me off right. because I didn't open the curtain to see that that was not the only part of this I think you have a very Barbie. universal experience with as, as women um, who experience Barbie, but because I grew up with four brothers and never played with a Barbie doll, I played with Johnny West and Jane West and Chief Cherokee and um, G.I. Joe and G.I. Jane. And it wasn't really my whole entire childhood. I was such a tomboy. And I've, you know, in my life, I definitely have never had that kind of weird feeling about Barbie. I didn't really care about the movie, but I also didn't have a negative feeling about it. And so my experience was a little bit different. And I think that's why I am the person I am. Like, I've just always done whatever I wanted to do and gotten away with it because I've never felt that limitation. I don't know why. But anyway, I think as we three white women sitting here had a very different experience than you probably did with Barbie. So you should tell Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you, Karen. Well, thank you for all of it. Every well, Karen has been such a, a like a just mentor and a really great 
compassionate um, human being just in general, but ally, I mean, I think that word's getting a little used, but, uh, you know, f- female assassin for me, in, in, right? Isn't it. that better than ally? Ally that. sounds like blah. <laughs> but, yeah, but... I get a t-shirt with that. Oh, I will get it for you. But Karen um, has always been really conscientious of my non-whiteness for lack of a better word and making sure that just not just for me but for all women of color um women in general and certainly women of color that she always makes sure that she is saving that space for us to be like snuggled on right next to uh you lovely women here for me i it was crystal the, my first barbie was crystal she was black um, I wasn't really a doll person because I like boys. I mean, it's why God kind of was like, okay, we're going to give her sons. Um, but but what was interesting I mean, is... That all makes so much sense now. Yeah. Thank Doesn't you. Doesn't it a little bit? Doesn't it a little yeah. bit? Right? But I also was called, like some of my friends after college, before law school, I deferred from law school and I worked as a cocktail waitress. And it was super fun. It was really great and um I was deemed black girl Barbie that's what they called me and you know I was just like I don't even know but I guess so I think that that's why Barbie itself even as a girl who didn't really like Barbies didn't really like dolls loved books loved you know all those things loved libraries not really dolls um you know the complacency of domesticity did not like really ring with me but it was kind of funny because they're like, you're black or Barbie. I'm like, she's called Crystal. And I had her um, and I liked her, but you know, I guess I can play her. But it also is in terms of intersectionality when you talk about being female, I'm female, I'm, I'm black, I'm, but there's a gaze, right? And I am deemed under the gaze that we have decided in our society is attractive, is highly attractive, right? That is what has been deemed as my place. Um, and so that in itself, as someone who really was a bookworm, um, who was never thought of or con- conceived of attractiveness is something that was something to achieve or something to be. It was and who un- wanted to be taken seriously. And who wanted to be taken seriously. So when I was younger, I loved dancing. I loved books. I loved all sorts of things that I love. And I was a cheerleader. I went out for cheerleading with the Eagles. I became an Eagles cheerleader. I was at Swarthmore College at the time. And the Philadelphia Inquirer actually wrote a whole story that was basically, and now that I look back in 1993, being like, oh my God, guys, guess what? She's smart and attractive and black simultaneously. We need to put the this whole in. Package. We need to put this yeah, in the newspaper right. because this like, is news. Like she's a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. right. So, so that is you know. And again, it's one of the reasons why I loved the fact that Jen actually wanted to show this movie. Something that I wanted to see. I'm just a little busy running around, you know, being CEO Black Barbie um, to to go to movies. And obviously, my sons were not interested at all in seeing this. But it was just an uh, 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 an, what I loved about the moment is being able to dress in my 
absolute most barbiness sit down with women who those I know those I don't I knew that I were, was going to be in a place um, that I felt comfort that I felt belonging that I felt respect that even though I was showing up late because I was doing my like CEO Barbie stuff before and my mom Barbie stuff that I would be able to come and just be not even black girl Barbie but be just Barbie right. with the Barbies you know right. and that was what was so exciting to me about having this opportunity and seeing this movie because again like it's one of those things where like the girls night out and I do see with kids I'm like oh wow men aren't able to do that they don't do girls nights out like boys night out um and that's up for them to be able to do but that's what you created for us and that was really meaningful and special. So well, thank you. And and mm-hmm. what's interesting is that we had a couple other Barbies here this evening. And what's we fascinating did. is they they both had to leave to go to the same event in DC. One of them, one of the Barbies, winning an award mm-hmm. for uh, for her professional life. The other one going in support of her husband winning an award. So two separate Barbies going from here to that same event. And I. And there was to a know, prestigious event to in DC. In, yes, yes. Where, 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 yeah. where, um, yes, where some some big government awards were were being given out for, in recognition of their professional achievements. So, but I thought that was like so telling, like that yeah. the one yeah. was a Barbie, but one was a Barbie in her role as a supporting yeah. spouse right. and. Which uh, is its own special all, Barbie. That's right. Yeah. Just like that the special in the movie Barbie said, was that Amerigo? F- what's her America name? Ferrera? Yeah. Yes. She said like. Why can't there just be an ordinary Barbie? Yeah. Why do they all have to be surgeons or engineers or she's astronauts? She works yeah, work. like she we're all we're yeah. all. So valuable. that's such a great lead into what I want to ask because I feel like this has been coming up with every guest lately, in from a different angle, but the same idea of: Are you an entrepreneur or a female entrepreneur? Which where do you hang your hat and why? Yeah, so I. I'm going to sort of answer you, and I'm also going to respond to something you said. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I love the cheat. So I'm a white woman, and so I can't speak on the race side of this, but the smart versus pretty is something that I grew up with. My sister was the pretty one, and I was the smart one. I'm using air quotes. Yep. And that is so damaging for both. She's an architect, and, you, and you're gorgeous. <laughs> oh and you're gorgeous. <laughs> and you're gorgeous. I mean, so what the heck? I mean, like, right. it was ridiculous. Right. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Exactly. Ridiculous. Why did it have to be that way? Why is there always a label? And I understand that we're, maybe we're comforted when we label people and they, like, make sense in our heads, in our world. But the labels are just ridiculous. Too and limiting. I completely and forgot damaging. the question. Oh, if you're a female uh, see, entrepreneur. See? Ah, the label. <laughs> yeah. So I really like I really like women's networking groups. And that's where I met both of you originally, and we just met today. Absolutely. But I really like the energy. I like meeting other women. I like that kind of bonding opportunity, but I don't necessarily like the label of fempreneur Mm -hmm. because I don't think what I'm doing with my business or my professional life has anything to do with whether I'm a mom or whether I'm a woman or whether I'm a wife. Interesting. Gotcha. Karen, what about you? So, well, Jennifer, I can't even answer this question without talking about the fir- one of the first times I met you when we were part of Awesome Women Entrepreneurs. It was a new group in Arlington. It was for women to 
be able to support each other because when you're in, so I am fiercely a woman entrepreneur because when you are um, competing against men in the patriarchy, men have a lot of advantages. And I felt like women, when they get together and support each other, which brings out the best selves of every woman, mm-hmm. um, they we can beat them at their own game. They already have the good old boy network. They already have the referrals to each other. They play golf, you know, all these different things. And we, I felt so strongly that we needed to create that. And you, at one of our first meetings, said... You know, I was on the phone with a baby throwing up down my back and a client yelling at me. And I was running my business. And that could never have happened if I had been in a different environment. Like every, literally every woman who came to that group said that the corporate world didn't work for them and didn't fit for them. And they ended up finding their passion, going on their own way and becoming unbelievably successful. Like, look at you, your business is so successful and you've got, we're on your podcast. And it's, it's so true that women supporting women gave, gives women an edge that they didn't have otherwise. And I only wish, again, to take this more global, I wish all the women in the world would get together and reject the status quo for how we deal with conflict, war, violence, all of these things. I feel like if, I know all the women on the ground agree with it, but if the women leaders in the world and the women on the ground all rose up the way we did, like at the Women's March and with the Me Too movement, we could change the way the world works. And right now it's very much the patriarchy. So one of the things that I said to my fiance, who is Canadian and um, in the military, he's a colonel in his army. And I just texted him and said, what if America and Palestine and Israel were run by women? Mm-hmm. I think that all the time. Right. He's from a country that actually has a lot of women in, in power, Germany. Like those countries exist. Yeah. There are countries where women are actually, if they're not the the actual head of power, they are they have a big voice. They have a big voice, they are supporting it. We are not in one of those countries. Right? So what if we took these three countries that I just mentioned? And I have no doubt that there are women in Israel. I have no doubt that there are women in Palestine that are attempting and thinking about the same things that we are. But what what do we do to really um, move that forward? Like what? Because their societies are very patriarchal. And the answer is, is just like in Barbie, to make the world less patriarchal. That is the answer. I firmly believe that about business, about world peace, everything. All of it. All of it. I was just going to say, and the the piece I got out of Barbie the second time was that exactly what you said doesn't have to mean that all the men have to be weak and all the women have to be always in power. There's a balance. It's not about one always over the other, whichever way. Well, yeah, but I thought, I mean, you know, and this is not to make light at all of the world situation, but I, you know, it's, 
ironic that in Barbie, for the women to take back their power, that's they true, they lure true. the men into having you know a quote unquote Which, fight. I mean, you know that's like, strategy, like, ladies. Like, strategy. I know, but you strategize. But, but like they're like, well, men will fight each other, so yeah, let's get them to. Like, that's true. Yeah. But but I still, I mean, and that's I know, why I wish we could figure out a way to do that on a bigger well, scale. Well, I just also think that, and Al Gore had actually said that in terms, I mean, like in his book or something, but. Well, what are we, what is masculine, right? Like, what are we teaching boys right. at, for those of us who are raising boys? I mean, for my boys, what I hope they think is not toxic masculinity and wearing fur and, and, and big gold chains and riding horses. I think it's actually um, using what powers they have for the good of other people who have less. That's, I agree with that, but I think that our our big society, entertainment, sports, it all says that success, celebrity, power, money, that is what people respect in our society. But that's and all that's, coming from the United States. Well, it's, it's, it, it is. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I agree. Like, we are saying those things are masculine, but that's not coming from France. That's not coming from Australia. That's what we are doing. That's what we're giving in America. So if we can get to the point where maybe we ladies, right, like all of us, lean in. I mean, I was, like, disgusted. I'm like, oh, my God, do I have to be like, I'm not smart. Can you tell me something? But if I have to do that to get get all the rest of American women on board so that we can be the change makers that everybody needs from us. You know, I mean, I guess, like, uh, I'm gonna have to sleep on it because it's horrible, but. <laughs> so what, what to, just to bring this to, um, I, I feel like we need a, another conversation around like massive world conflict because I wanna, you, you are some of the smartest women I know and I think that there's a lot we could probably bring to light through smart discussion. But back to this silly little movie that is um, not silly at all. Is not silly, not at, silly all. And, at all. And and I think um, I mean my 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 male children have watched it. I watched it with my husband the first time. I don't think that they have gotten deep and contemplative about it in hindsight the way that I yeah, have man. with the women in my life. So what what do you say to the men in your life? who either have or haven't seen it, about what you want them to take away from this movie. I, I'm just going to pause and say, what did the men in your life say about it? Because my son and husband have not seen it. So I would love to That's know. such a great question. So I, what my 15-year-old said was, I, th I think that's something that women will care about more. Or or girls will care about more. I think it went. I think it went over his head. Mm -hmm. To be honest, um, I think my husband was like, "Oh, well, that was playful," and it kind of dragged in the middle. And I was like, "Yeah, it did kind of drag in the middle." The second time around, I didn't see the dragging because I'd also done a lot more reading about it, and so I was looking for some of the stuff I'd missed the first time. There's a lot in there. It's deep, right? But like on the face of it, if you walk in blind, like I did on the first time, and my husband did on the first time, blind. You, you've not been predisposed to this movie, you're gonna be like, oh, ha, 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 that was sort of fun at times. It got really draggy at times. And you know, some of it was deep and some of it was playful. Like, 
you know, if you don't put a lot of deep thought into it, it can just be an entertaining couple of hours, right? Totally agree. When I first saw it, it was evening. And of course, I get tired in the evening. And I thought it dragged too. But today, with all of you and the female energy in the room, I didn't feel that way at all. I caught a lot of things that I had missed the first time. And of course, it's because it's about women and our struggle. And it's not that surprising. I, I haven't asked Steve what he thought. He watched it with me, my husband. But I think that um, he probably thought the way your husband and sons thought, like it was fun and light and he had read a lot of positive reviews of it. But that's not their struggle. So why would they feel too passionate about it? It's our struggle. It's the story of our lives. Right. Whitney, from your perspective, in addition to the question about men, but like, how do you feel, how do you feel that women of color, for example, were represented or other marginalized groups. Were you watching with that eye at all? Oh, I watch it with all the eyes. Uh-huh. Yes. I mean, it, it for me, the femaleness and the blackness and the black Americanness are, they're tied. Like, I don't know the distinction between the two because it's so, me being female and me being black American are just so integral to who I am. I have no idea how to dissect that intersection um but i it it was it was intense again i had i had heard and seen um i think american ferrara did a very good job uh in lots of ways of of being that i'm a little cynical so i'm like oh of course they pick someone who's of color she's latin like like so i mean i, I you, you see all of the 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 things that they do in movies but I do think that the movie was geared towards a white gaze, which is fine, because white people need to see a lot of things. They need to gaze. They need a lot of gazing, right? <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. Um, but I do think that as a person who is both black and female, but is also born in America, English speaking, very well educated, from a family that loves her, that also speaks English. Like, I have a lot of identities associated with me that make me part of the people who need to be part of the problem solving. So it's what I, it's it's not necessarily very easy, but it is part of my passion and part of my responsibility as a humanitarian that cares about other people to shoulder those, to sit with people who may other me and be othered so that I can make room for people who are like me, who may not have had the, um, may not have had the privileges that I've had. So it was, it was, I think it's good. I think as a piece of art, as someone who is in the art world in my day job, I think that it was a good, I mean, that's why we're sitting around talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. I think that it did an excellent job of creating a conversation. And I think that that just in that, that makes it art and it makes it something that people will be looking at for years. Thanks for listening to The M Word. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Subscribe and never miss a podcast. Visit arlingtonstrategy.com for more. The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandana. Our theme music is by Muchi. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan and Emily Rare. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani.